Well, I suppose we should get going. All right, everybody, stay right where you are. Get the hell out of here. No, you stay here. You gotta get going, so go. I'm sorry you came. Time now for stay. Nobody got a gun to your head. Or go. I'll be back. All right, time for some stay or go coming off of last night's 5-4 win against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, Jonas, I'll let you start. What's something you want to see stay? No, I think you should start because a couple of mine are pretty deep cuts, and I don't you think you want to start okay. with like the deep cut. You want to start with like the hits, right? I love the deep cuts, though. I'll be honest. I love the deep cuts. But What sure, do you think I'll, my I'll deep cut is? And- Wait, what do you think mine is? I honestly have no idea what okay, that's good. could possibly be. Okay, like to good. be honest, I, I don't. So we'll we'll this is the anticipation. We'll 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 <laughs> save it for for a couple of minutes here. Uh, but for me, it's like it's like the, the depth scoring. You know, on on a night where your big boys didn't necessarily fill the net as we've seen in the past, uh, you got that contribution from the secondary scorers. You got Kerfoot who scored a goal. Um, you know, killing off a penalty. You got Yarncroft who was able to score, and then Justin Hall who also scored a goal there. So some unlikely goal scorers, but depth scoring. It's it's what you need ultimately. Like some nights, your your big boys just aren't going to be able to score. They'll get shut down from the opposition, and you got to be able to find some goal scoring in other ways. And last night, I thought that they were able to do that. So that was one thing that I wanted to see stay. That top line was just so dominant last night. They had so many good looks and opportunities. You know, I thought Austin Matthews was going to score. I thought he had many chances to put the puck in the back of the net. Finally, William Nylander does it in overtime. But I thought at 5-on-5, five five, I mean, that, that line was, was pure dominant. Um, six high-danger chances to just one against in their 15 or so minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. So, you know, that line, they could just keep it rolling. They were hot right before the streak or right before Christmas break, and they picked it up here in St. Louis. And that just Sheldon Keith's fire behind the bench. You know, last night, I thought that he was out there. He was giving it to the official. Like, Wes McCauley got an earful from Sheldon Keefe last night, whether it was, you know, missing uh, an interference call or that high stick on Zach Aston Reese, which was very clearly a, a high stick and should have been a four-minute penalty at, you know, the end of the game, rather. Uh, but just the fire that he showed behind the bench for it being the first game back from Christmas break, um, I, I I like that. I like the fire in his belly. Now, did he? Wasn't he wrong about the goalie interference? The interference, he was wrong. But e- either way, I just do you like apologize the fact after that? that? He's do you think so animated? No, you don't apologize. Why would you apologize? I don't know. Like he was blatantly wrong. There was literally no interference. But anyways, to your point, I think what's interesting on your your stays, I think. You look ahead to the playoffs, and, and I think that's going to be a central question, is do they have enough depth scoring? Like, can they get enough from those third yeah. and fourth lines offensively? Obviously, Yarncroft is playing on the second line right now. We'll see where that sorts itself out. Um, that top line, you mentioned it, they're just cooking right now. Like, they kind of look like oh, yeah. the way Marner, Matthews, Bunting looked last year, where the chemistry is just like, they're just so in sync with each other. Matthews and Neilander really look a lot like they did early in their careers when they played together a lot. Like they, they just seem to know where the other is going to be. They find each other. Neilander is, is really kind of. Do you think he's underrated as a passer a little bit? Like the way he sees the ice, maybe is probably not talked about. Like he has unbelievable vision. Obviously, he plays with one of the best passers in the league in Marner. So maybe that gets glossed over a little bit. And obviously, he's scoring a lot this year. But he's an awesome passer and just the way he sees the ice 
Yeah, I, I think that it's not the first thing that we think of when we talk about William Nylander and his playmaking. We usually talk about you know the goal scoring and the skill level. Um, but yeah, he can really thread thread the needle. I mean, he's done that a few times where he set up guys, whether if it's at five on five or on the power play. Um, but I, I mean, what we're seeing out of out of Nylander, I think like he's just unlocked a, a whole new level to himself this year, and it just keeps going. I think it's what four goals. Four games with a goal in, in a row. So, um, you know, the guy just seems to be good for a goal a night at this point. It's it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. Team high, 21 goals. Uh, all right, Jonas, I've waited long enough. you got to hear these deep cuts. What what are the deep cuts you want to stay here for Toronto? Okay, so here's the first one. Confident Alex Kerfoot. Because I, I think what's, what was interesting ah. to me about him last night, and even over the last little stretch when he's – you know, he had that start to the season where he had one goal in like the first 20, 30 games, whatever it was. You're starting to see now him shoot confidently and shoot to score and not shoot reluctantly, shoot hesitantly. Like even after he scores that, that shorthanded goal, which is, is all Cali Arncroft. Like he doesn't really do that much on that goal. But after you start to see Kerfoot, he had a couple really good looks where he, he was trying to score and shooting to score. And I think that's really important for him. He's a confidence guy. Like, Obviously, confidence is important for every player, but I think him in particular, you can kind of feel it when he's he's not confident, and you can feel it especially when he's shooting the puck or not shooting the puck. And right now, I think because the goals have started to go in, he's starting to shoot a little bit more to score, confident. He had four shots last night. There aren't a lot of games where you see him get four shots and where you, you see him legitimately have, I don't know, two or three like really good looks. So I think that's important for him. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good thing to point out because Kerfoot's a guy who, I mean, he's taken a lot of flack over the first couple of months of the season. And and was it the was it the game against Philly or was it last night where him and Camp had the two on one opportunity there? I think it was what I think it was against Philly actually. So you know we've seen him and Camp start to build some chemistry here. I actually really like that third line of Kerfoot, Camp, and Pierre Engvall. I think that they are doing a lot of really good things. In both on both sides of the ice, defensively and offensively. Um, but last night, as you mentioned, just getting a goal, shorthanded goal, providing that secondary offense and shooting to score is something that certainly I think we want to see stay out of out of Alex Kerfoot. Do uh, you had another deep cut stay? Deep cut number two, just more of this like safety element from Pontus Holmberg. I think he's such an interesting depth piece. As you look ahead yeah. to the playoffs, like all I'm doing basically when I watch him and thinking about him and looking at his numbers and everything like that is, can this guy be on the ice in a playoff series? That's all I'm thinking about. And I'm sure, like, I know Sheldon Keefe is thinking the same thing. Like, as he evaluates him, as he tests him, is this a guy who can play in the playoffs? And I think the more you watch him and the more you, you see from him, you're starting to lean to yes. Like, he, he just, there's just yeah. something about him. He's not phased. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, as Sheldon Keefe is pointing out. And I don't know, like, you start to look ahead to what their fourth line could be in the playoffs. Obviously, a lot can change. But he's starting to feel like someone, you can't quite write his name in pen yet, but the pencil, like, I'm starting to, like, dig it in, like, I'm writing it, you know, like, I'm I'm not ready to erase it. I, he's he's building confidence, yeah. I think, that way for me. Yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that. I, I think, like, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, I believe he would be your fourth line center. I mean, he, he's and even last night, you just look at the 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 play he made on the on the Cali Arncroft goal. I mean, so he's he's responsible on his own end, and then he's starting to make some things happen 
um, offensively as well. You know, he's, he had an assist the other night against Philly, and then that one just taking the puck hard to the net, right? Put the shoulder down, take it to the net, and then Yarncroft able to pounce on uh, on on a rebound there and got a fortuitous bounce. I guess you could say on that stuff wraparound attempt, whatever you want to call that. I guess it wasn't a wraparound, but a little stuffing at the side of the net there. But that really, again, was was thanks to, uh, I was going to say Par Lindholm again. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Par Lindholm. I think it's because, like, again, it's, it's just the Swedish factor there. But uh, Pontus Holmberg, you know, doing a lot of really good things. Um, something that I want to see go from last night's game. I mean, the, the highs, like the officiating last night wasn't terrific, right? So I think just like kind of poor officiating in general. There, there, there was a, a, a missed interference call in third period. Somebody put a little Justin Hall-like pick on uh, Jordy Ben in the offensive end um, or in the defensive zone. I think that was a missed call last night. And obviously the high stick on Zach Aston-Reese was just brutal. I mean, that's clearly a, a stick lift that catches him right in the teeth. And the guy was bleeding from the mouth. Should have been a four-minute penalty, and that entirely was was missed. And that game shouldn't have even had to go to overtime. They should have got the penalty, the power play, and probably could have had a really good opportunity to score. But uh, you know, it's it's one that the referees missed last night. I thought that they were kind of you know a little inconsistent. They too were a little slow at the gate coming out of the Christmas break. I don't like referee slander. I think that's such a hard job, and I think I think you nip. I think How you nitpick so much. That, that was that was that was hard. That's a missed call. percent. Like uh, stuff like you know some tripping, some, whatever. That is what it is. But when you got a guy who blatantly comes up and whacks a dude in the mouth, and he's gushing blood, that is pretty evident that there was very clearly a high stick there. Very Were there clear. any missed calls on the Blues? Do you think? Like, do you think the Probably. Blues? Probably, right? I, I didn't say just for the Toronto. I'm just saying the officiating in general, you know, they missed a lot last night, probably on both sides. I don't know. All right, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm going to go, my answer for this is what we've seen from Samsonov of late. Like, they, this is this is worse than, like, obviously I, I think he'll be. Like, he's been under 900, I think, his last three starts, and he was, like, he'd come off back-to-back shutouts before that. So, like, he was due to kind of come back to earth. They just kind of need, like, what you mentioned before. They just need steady. Nothing, like, amazing. Like, you mentioned league average. League average this year in goal it's just 905. Like, it's not anything special. And those guys, Murray, Samsonov, are kind of a ways from that. Um, so they just need him to kind of find his level again. Um, I'm curious to see how they kind of start divvying up the starts between him and, and Samsonov. I would assume Murray starts the Arizona game, and or maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Like, maybe they I come back with was, Samsonov. But... I believe it was announced that Murray's getting that start tomorrow. Okay. But, um, yeah, I. I... The thing with Samsonov, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I was going back and forth with uh, with Frank Corrado on this, actually, because he had noticed that, you know, when he allowed the goal last night, the first goal of the game, um, you know, which was obviously just you know him taking a spill and one that he would probably want back, but it, it, it seemed to maybe have affected his demeanor. And in a way, feels like sometimes Samsonov, over the last couple of games, once he allows kind of a fluky goal, it, it he, he's a guy who wears it on his wears it on his sleeve in a way, and you can tell that okay, he's not in the right mindset that he was in prior, and that those goals can affect him. Are you seeing some similarities um, when you when you're looking at Samsonov after maybe a couple of leaky goals? 
Yeah, you know what? I, I was watching and, and thinking if I was St. Louis, I would just be pelting everything at the net because it yeah. didn't feel like he was going to make that save. And you look at the end of the night, he gives up four. He, he It felt like he could have given up more. He just didn't look comfortable. You know what I mean? And at some point, I mean, that's going to happen. Like, it's such a long year, and that's why goaltending is such a difficult thing to evaluate and, and why I was not ready to get ahead of myself with the way the goaltending started just because that wasn't going to be sustainable and I need to see this play out over the entire season. They they just need these guys to be competent, just not give up some of the goals that he gave up last night. But, yeah, like you could see it. He just looked like he was shaky in his net, and he, he admitted that after the game, and he mentioned the ice wasn't great, and he mentioned, like, the break. And you'd imagine if, if a break is difficult on anyone, it's got to be the goalie most of all, right? right? Well, so here's something that I talked a lot about when Samsung came back from the injury, and it was the first time we were going to see this tandem at play because, you know, Matt Murray gets injured after the first game, and then it was Samsonov's net, and he ran with it. And then Samsonov gets hurt, and then Murray comes back, and then it was his net for a while, and he had run with it. And now is back to finally seeing that tandem, and it's been a few weeks here. And w- because they haven't been able to establish a rhythm by playing consecutive games, uh, for like a couple weeks, I-, I was curious to see if that would impact their level of play. I clearly wasn't expecting them to be 9.30 goaltenders all season long, but I was curious that could this affect them if they get out of rhythm? Um, could it get into their psyche where, oh, if I allow one bad goal, is that going to cost me a start it- tomorrow or something like that? So that was my, not my worry, but my I was curious to see how this 10 would work in that aspect. And, so far, uh, kind of seems like maybe it might be impacting Ilya Samsonov. It's still early, and, and there's no alarms that are being sounded, but it's now three straight games where it's like, okay, if he allows a bad goal, is he getting in his head like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to lose the net here? I think it's a great point, and I think that's one of the things that makes it difficult to run a tandem effectively is like you're you're kind of keeping both goalies in not, on their toes. On like, their toes, like, and, and like you mentioned, like, back-to-back starts like how do you how do you keep both guys rolling how do you keep both guys feeling good I think it's hard like I don't think tandems are I know we like it's it's a thing in the NHL like you want to have two goalies who can play and I get it I just don't think it's always easy um, to kind of keep both guys in in an optimal state obviously health is the biggest thing like if they have to keep rotating these guys and both guys can stay healthy I mean, who cares? Like, th- this is all about the playoffs and getting these guys to be healthy yeah. and in their best state for the playoffs. And we'll see what ends up happening in the playoffs. Like, which goalie has emerged at that point to take the net? Yeah, I, I don't subscribe to tandem in the playoffs, though. Which oh, I've gosh, heard a lot no. of people say. Yeah. I, I've heard so many people say, "Well, they're going to have it's going to be a tandem in the playoffs." Now they got to pick one and run with it. That that's my belief system, at least when it comes to the playoffs. You got to figure it out, and I mean, they did bring in one guy in particular because of how well he plays in the playoffs and that Stanley Cup caliber play, and that wasn't the guy who was in goal last night. So we'll see what happens. Either way, the last three games, yeah, he's got an 8.52 save percentage, but he's got a two and one record. So 
they're still winning hockey games, and that will propel them closer and closer to uh, getting a playoff spot. Up to 50 points. They got to the 50-point plateau with the win last night the Toronto Maple Leafs did. All right, uh, Jonas, good stuff. On the other side, well, uh, well, we can get back into what's going on with the Maple Leafs, but then also uh, the World Juniors, uh, Canada, 5-2 loss to Czechia on Boxing Day. They'll have a chance to get back on track against Germany tonight. Listen to that game here on TSN 1050. But to join us to talk about all things World Juniors, uh, Craig Button is going to come on the show after the break. I'm Mike DiStefano with Jonas Siegel of The Athletic. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050.